Good evening and welcome back to our Tuesday night gathering hub. Sorry, I had to think for a minute what night it was. Uh, all the days are flowing together, but it's good to be here on Tuesday night with you all. And uh, we start a new theme this week. So here we go. Um, first of all, though, I want to say that I am tired of saying the same old, same old thing. So tonight, I am not going to tell you to go to NewarkUPC to get any more uh, NewarkUPC.info to get any more information. I'm not going to tell you welcome to this people who are here every night. I'm only going to tell a welcome to the first time visitors or the first few times guests because the rest of you have heard all of that stuff about NewarkUPC.info and I'm sure you're tired of it. So um, I'm not going to tell you all about the things that you can find about our church at NewarkUPC.info um, because you have all heard that so many times before that I'm not even going to mention that you can go to www.newarkupc.info because that's old hat. So our theme this week is salvation is a process. And what do we mean by salvation is a process? We hear people talk about this was the night that I got saved or I am saved or I want to be saved or uh, isn't it good to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost? Um, but the theme of this week is that salvation is not an event. Salvation is a process of growth that we have to go through. And I believe it was week before last, we talked about the thin line between the saint and the ain't. And if you don't know what that means, then go back a couple weeks and you can pick up on that. And then last week we talked about the strangers and the foreigners and the people who would normally have been outcasts from the people of Israel. But God kind of broke the rules and let them in and, or he made rules where they could be let in. So you see that salvation is not um, not finished until we reach heaven. I'm so glad for that on one hand, because it means I still have a chance. It means that you still have a chance. It doesn't mean that if I got mad today and said something wrong or or had a bad feeling towards somebody or wished them harm or I was driving down the road and somebody cut me off on 95, you know, any of those things, because I'm not done yet. And salvation is a process. Now, if you are on the road to salvation and you're not growing, then that is a little alarm bell for you because salvation is a process. It has to happen over time. But none of us are quite saved yet. So I don't have a problem if you talk about the night you got saved or any of those things. Just know that salvation is a process. So tonight, my topic, the topic I'm going to jump into is kind of, we're, we're jumping into the pool backwards, but I'm going to talk about the seven churches in the book of Revelation. Now, Revelation is not generally my favorite book of the Bible. It's got so many confusing things in it that I can't understand, and I don't think most of them we're supposed to understand, but this is a very interesting and relatively easy part 
of the book to understand. There are, were seven churches in what is now Turkey that during John's vision, the revelation of Jesus Christ, um, in that in that very last book of the New Testament, you, you flip to the back of your of your Bible, you thumb back through the concordance and the maps, and you'll find the book of Revelation. So chapters two and three of the book of Revelation, before we get to the vials and the seals and all the things that are confusing, um, we have Revelation two and three is letters to seven churches from God um, to these seven churches that were in Turkey. And my husband and a couple of other church members had the opportunity to visit some of these, well, all of these sites, I believe, in Turkey about 15 years ago. They love that experience. They have lots of pictures. You can get them to tell you more information about it sometime, maybe. But um, some of these churches we have heard of, and some of them you probably haven't heard of. But if you weren't with us, so oh, shoot, three or four years ago, I think it has been, we had a professor, uh, Dr. Jeff Brickle, come in and do a month of Wednesday nights and when we did big group learning, talk about the book of Revelation. And he dealt with some of what, well, he dealt with what I'm going to deal with tonight, but a lot more. And Joyce is going to put that uh, link in the feed, I believe. So you can go back and listen to that. I highly recommend that if you haven't heard it before or if you have heard it and you want to hear it again. He has a very common, uh, a common sense, practical way of looking at the book of Revelation. And I, I really liked that. And I think you will, too. So that's a resource for you to have. But tonight we're going to talk about the theme of salvation is a process. And I'm going to talk about seven of these churches that were in the New Testament era. And I'm going to call them seven perfectly imperfect churches. And my point tonight is that these churches were not perfect. And just like we as people are not perfect, our churches are not going to be perfect either. Because our churches are made up of us. My dad uh, has a saying if you know my dad, you know that he has lots of sayings. But one of them, I remember he's, he's said a lot of times, is if you find a perfect church, if you find the perfect church, then turn around and run as fast as you can the other direction because you are not perfect and you will mess it up. So the point is not that you're not perfect, but the point is that no church is perfect. And we should not expect churches to be perfect. And each church is full of individuals who are in the process of salvation. So I'm going to talk about some of these churches tonight. And I hope your eyes don't glaze over. There are seven of them. And I recommend this week going and reading Revelation 2 and 3. You might want to pick, uh, read one church a day. It isn't that many verses per church. Um, and, and just kind of look at some of the things that are in each one. But I'm going to talk about some themes among them. But first, I'm going to tell you what their names are. We have Ephesus, Smyrna, 
most people in the world have probably never heard of Smyrna, but we being in Delaware have heard of Smyrna. Uh, it was a different Smyrna. Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia. We've heard of Philadelphia too, but it was a different Philadelphia and Laodicea. And we'll see in these churches that just like people, churches have personalities and that's okay because churches are made of unique people with personalities. And it's kind of like a chemical reaction when you get all the different people together, they make up a different kind of church. Churches also have unique situations, maybe where they're located. It, some of these were seaport cities and some of them were more inland. Some of them, if you, if you read through it, you'll see that some of them were rich and some of them were poor. Um, they had resources in their environment. One of them I know was a place where hot springs came out of the earth. And, and so they used those hot springs to uh, dye clothes, I think, or something. But you see that each church has a different environment. We are on the East Coast. I promise you that where we live in Newcastle County, Delaware is different than, for instance, the church that my mother was raised in, in rural Oklahoma with a little town of, I don't know, 1500 people, maybe. Very, very different circumstances. Um, they, we have different contacts to the churches around us. We happen to have some daughter works that we're in community with. And so maybe you think of that as, as family and we, we are involved in a church organization uh, that we have connection with. A couple weeks ago, we had district conference and got together and saw some people of, of what they say, like precious faith. And, and those are always good times, but each of those churches has a personality. Kind of like when you get together for Thanksgiving and all the family comes in, you might have a crazy uncle Joe or a, or a aunt that, you know, gossips or has strange things about her. Um, every family has them and that's okay. Maybe Newark is that crazy Uncle Joe church. I don't know. But each church has a personality and that's okay. None of these are right and none of them are wrong. It's not wrong that you're different than me. It's not wrong that I'm different than you. The point is that none of us are perfect and we're all getting saved. We're on the road to salvation. When that trumpet sounds, I'm going to be saved. But right now I'm not saved yet. Um, so each church has choices. How you, how, how we deal with all those challenges and opportunities in our environment and in our connections and all of those things. Um, now, there, I will say that there are some churches who unfortunately do things poorly. And we'll see that that's no new thing either. But um, so each church has different things about it. Um, Joyce is going to share a chart on the screen and probably make me very tiny, which is fine. I hope you can read it. If you can't read it, she's also going to put it on. Oh, no, I have to mention newarkupc.info, the gathering hub card. Um, and you can go and look at it there. In fact, I, I encourage that you to do that as you read uh, a church a day for this week. So um, the chart is simply scripture in another format. So you'll never believe how I found this. I spent 20 hours putting this together this week. No, I didn't. Not at all. I Googled it and I found it. 
but I like it because it's just scripture. It's not somebody with, with a few um, exceptions, which I'll tell you about. It's, it's just another way of looking at scripture. It's not someone's interpretation or what they thought of it. It's just scripture, but it lays it out all the seven churches next to each other. And the, the letters to the churches are kind of a formula. So it, you can see the comparisons of the different ones. If you can't read it, I apologize, but um, maybe you can, maybe you can zoom in on your screen and um, I'll go through it anyway, though, the, the ones I want to look at. So you see, maybe, maybe you can see at the top, at the very top is the verses. So it gives you the verses, um, that gives you the name of the church, and then it gives you the verses that cover that church in Revelation. So it talks about the title of Christ. And these are amazing. It's not the point today, but it's this letter is from Christ, the one who holds the seven, seven stars in his hand. Or these are amazing descriptions of Christ. It just makes me want to stand up and shout hallelujah because we serve such a mighty God. But um, him who is first and last and who died and came to life again, he's uh, he's the son of God. He uh he is holy and true and he holds the key of David. He is of the amen and he's the ruler of God's creation. Um, these are very encouraging things. Uh, and I highly recommend pulling those out and reading them because they will lift you up. But, and at the end, so that's the beginning at the end of each one, it's closed out with revelation two. Verse 29, which says anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Now, as we listen, as we go through our life after we are saved, that's in quotes, um, we have to keep listening and we have to be careful that we're not just hearing, but we're listening to what God is saying to us specifically. Now, in this case, the verse is what the spirit is saying to the churches individually. But I want to be listening just as well and hear what Jesus is saying to me because I am a unique individual that he has specific things to say to me because my salvation is a process and I am not saved yet. The next section after the title of Christ is what it calls. I would call it a description of Christ, but is what they call commendation. Again, this part is not scripture, but it, it talks about the different churches and things they've done right. It's a good attaboy. And some of these are, each of them is different. A lot, a lot of them say their deeds are known. Well, Jesus knows all my deeds. He knows whether I do good or bad, just like he knew these churches. And each one of them, you see, has different challenges that they have done well with. The Ephesus church dealt with the Nicolaitans. We're not sure what that was, but they had a lot of false uh, false teachings going on, and they made it through that. Smyrna dealt with a lot of poverty. Pergamum dealt with something called Satan's throne. I assume it was some temple or idolatrous place. Um, Laodicea had nothing going for it. They had done nothing right. I hope I'm not like Laodicea. Then the next section, so there's things that we in our salvation process are doing right. And God gives us an attaboy, a commendation and says, you are doing really good on this. Good job. Then there's also some things if we're listening to God, 
in our process, in our salvation, that he has concerns about. Thyatira, for instance, that was, was not handling a challenge of someone or maybe a group of people who were called Jezebel. I don't know who Jezebel was, but it was, I know who Jezebel is in the Old Testament. And I've heard a lot of people nowadays talk about this Jezebel and make assumptions about what it was. I don't know. But whatever the case, Thyatira was not doing the right thing with this challenge. Pergamum was dealing with all kinds of idolatry and false beliefs. And, and the, the angel was saying, be careful, be careful. Sardis, ooh, this is a, this is a harsh one. Sardis says, it says they have the reputation of being alive, but they are dead. I know, I have known of some churches who look to be very much alive, but they actually are dead. I have known of some Christians whose salvation looked to be very much alive, but after some time, it came out that their salvation was actually quite dead. And I don't want to have, have a zombie faith. I don't want to be a zombie who looks like I'm alive, but I'm really dead. No, I want to be careful that I am not just looking alive. And we need to make sure our church is not just looking alive, but is actually alive. The Church of Philadelphia, they didn't have any concerns. They were doing a great job. The next section is exhortations. Some, some do this. Uh, some is just what to do and some is what is coming and what to do in response. So Smyrna says, be faithful even unto death. We know that the New Testament church had persecutions. In fact, John was on the Isle of Patmos when he wrote this. But be faithful even unto death. Pergamum is told to repent. Sardis is told to wake up. Philadelphia, like I said, they didn't have anything to fix, but they are told be careful and hold on to what you have. Don't lose it. And Laodicea, Laodicea had a lot of things wrong with it, but guess what? There was hope. Um, and that the, the section that is called the eternal, the promises to overcomers, those are what's coming in eternity and what God has for them what God has for us if we make it through our salvation, if we make it through this process. And again, it's such an uplifting thing of what God has for us. He has the tree of life, the crown of life, the authority over the nations. We can sit with Jesus on his throne. Yay. This is what our salvation is all about. This is where we're going. This is awesome news. We can get there. Even if we're like Laodicea and we have a ton of problems there is hope for us because if we if if heaven isn't yet, it's not yet and we still have a chance. So the other things, if you do look at the chart, the other things at the bottom are extra biblical descriptions. They are not made by me. And so I even thought about cutting them out of the PDF somehow, but they they're not wrong necessarily, but there's someone's interpretation. So I would take those with a grain of salt or with a little different eye than just the scriptures. So you can ignore those if you want. But what can we learn from all this? It's it's a whole lot. We got this whole chart and blah, 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 seven churches with these funky names. So let me tell you what I want you to take away from this. We see that no church is perfected, just as no person is perfected. Nobody is yet saved. Even Philadelphia, the perfect church with no major concerns, nothing to fix, had things to do, 
to hold on to what you have, to be careful because this is coming. There's a challenge coming and you need to make sure you hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. I don't want anybody to take my crown. Some of them had major challenges and were in severe danger like Laodicea. But if you are listening to this broadcast, there is hope for you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad your life has gotten, how you've messed up, how you, you want to just throw in the towel. Please don't do that. There is hope because salvation is a process and it's okay. God is saving us and that is an ongoing process and it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Don't expect your church to be perfect. It has its own challenges, its own personalities, its own environment, its own giftings. It's not going to be like the church you came from or maybe the church you go to. That's fine. It's not supposed to be. Just as we each as individuals have our own challenges and personalities and environments and giftings, each church has different things that its pastor, its angel or messenger is instructed to do. Each person has different things that they are instructed to do. And just like that, each church and the pastors have different things they are instructed to do. Know your church. Get to know the people there. Look past their faults, but you can know what their faults are just as you know yourself. Um, and that's okay. Know your pastors. Find pastors that you can trust. Or if you really can't trust your pastor or your pastors, please, please find a church where you can trust your pastor so that you can future tense be saved. And listen to what he is saying to you individually, what God is saying to you individually. Let me give you another little hint. As a, as a pastor's wife of many, many years, getting to be many, many, many years, ask your pastor, maybe even out of the blue, not when you're in a crisis, not when you've made a decision you want them to rubber stamp, ask your pastor, pastor, is there anything that you see in front of me that is a challenge or that you see coming my way or you think I need to do a little better? Just like the angel in this in, in Revelation 2 and 3 was saying to the church, they might have something to tell you that would really help you, but they're not going to come and schedule a meeting and say, oh, by the way, you need to come to church more often or you need to make sure you're at small group. We're just glad you're there. And we haven't been invited in. So ask your pastor, hey, pastor, is there anything you see for me to be doing that would help me grow in my salvation process? Also, one other little thing that I've always wanted to say and never had an opportunity to. So here I go. If you are making a big decision in your life, like a big life changing decision, please don't make the decision and then come to your pastor and expect them to get behind it or tell you that you're totally on the wrong path because you've already made up your mind and your pastor, if he or she is wise, is not going to alienate you when you've already made up your mind unless you have given them permission. So before, if you're going to want your pastor's opinion, ask them before you make that decision. You can ask them, but I'm not sure you're going to get a real open answer if, if it's obvious you've already made the decision. So 
Revelation 2.29 says, Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. And I would add to the individuals also. So the rest of the week, we will be learning about the salvation process. And we'll be studying some different people, different things that happened. And I am so glad to be in this process with you. And I am not going to close out by saying you can go to newarkupc.info to update your contact information or submit a prayer request or a baptism request because that would be just boring. But I will tell you that we are going to have an ad next. So don't run off. Good night.